In a world where there are many sports podcasts, one stands above them all. Three teams, two leagues, one dream. It's Triple Threat with your hosts, Jeremiah, Eric, and Sam. And they only have one question for you. Are you ready for some football? Good evening, guys. What is going on? It's me. Back with you. You already knew that because you clicked on this episode. But anyway, today... Guys, this is going to be a long one. Or maybe a short one. I haven't really checked the length of this episode. So, we're just going to jump right into it. So... This isn't really a what-if episode. This is more of an information episode. So if that's not your forte, then by all means, you can click off. I wouldn't be offended. Trust me. All right, so we're going to start with the very, very basic stuff first. Um, It's mostly just... Some of this stuff I can't get into detail with because a couple of these players, I don't even remember much of their entire career. Uh, Jarrell Casey retired after 10 seasons in the NFL. That's a big thing, definitely. But um, honestly, I didn't follow him very close. Plus, he was a defensive tackle, which I know isn't a useless position, but I mean, like AD plays left or uh, defensive tackle. Alan Page used to play defensive tackle. You know, a lot of good players played defensive tackle. It's just not a position that I eye that much, is the thing. You know, it's not as popular as, say, quarterback. Or even defensive end or heck. Kickers are more interesting than defensive tackles, aside from Aaron Donald. But anyway. And also, uh, Raiders signed K.J. Wright to a one-year deal. I have a bone to pick with Las Vegas. Nothing you do is going to redeem you for losing Khalil Mack. It's just not going to happen. You made a stupid choice, and you suffered the consequences. Good job. Welcome to the NFL. You know who else did that? Bill O'Brien. Guess what? He got fired. John Gruden, I'm flipping surprised that you didn't lose your job after the, fri- after the whole Khalil Mack trade. Like, what the heck, dude? What are you thinking? I mean, I don't get it. This, this, this freaking podcast is just going to turn into a rant at some point. Which it has in the past, but you know, it's one of those things. Anyway, and then there's Chris Herndon going to Minnesota. New York. I mean the Jets, not the Giants. Why? You just lost your number one starting, your starting tight end. Or maybe he was a right wide receiver. He was one of the two. You just lost your starting receiver, one of your best receivers on your entire squad besides Jamison Crowder. You just picked up Zach Wilson in the draft. He was not he was the number two overall pick. He was your number your first round pick. What are you thinking? Are you still rebuilding? Because you now only have Jamison Crowder on a very terrible wide receiver core. Chris Herndon was actually a big part of that wide receiving core. And now he's gone. 
And yes, he is a tight end because I know that the Vikings brought him over because Irv Smith got injured. But why would you do that? You got rid of your best tight end. You have no other depth at that position right now. Are you still in rebuild? You think you can pick up a quarterback and a decent offensive guard in Elijah Vera Tucker, and you think that's a complete team. You and Jacksonville. New York and Jacksonville right now are just two teams that just bog they boggles my mind. Speaking of which, I didn't even get to this. Jacksonville Jaguars, apparently rumors have been going around that CJ Henderson, who's only been there, this is his second year, might get traded. Apparently there's a rumor going around Jacksonville that he's on the chopping block. He's had one season. He's had a rookie season. You guys did this you guys did the same dang thing to Jalen Ramsey. And I'm still ticked about it. Why? I mean, you're worse at pushing away star players than the Raiders. Good night. Or the Vikings. Or the Redskins. You're worse than them. What are you doing? He's had one year. He had to start right away because you had no corner depth. And he has a terrible down year because, number one, no corner depth. And number two, you have the most stripped defense in the NFL. That includes the Jets, who dealt away Jamal Adams for pennies. It makes no sense. You still have Miles Jack. I don't know how you kept a hold of him through this. And it's confusing, guys. Caleb on Chase on two. I think you've still got him. I don't know how you guys still have big names on your defense. Because you traded away most of them. You traded away Calais Campbell for a fifth-round pick. You traded away Jalen Ramsey for a first that didn't get you anything. In return, you got nothing. I mean... Good night. Jacksonville and New York, get your acts together. This is why you had the number one overall and number two overall pick. You got your quarterbacks. You got your offensive line. Jags, you had a running back and then you lost him. I'm still ticked that you didn't take a good wide receiver that was still on the board. I don't know what you guys are doing anymore. Are you trying to be the worst team? Because the worst team just became one of the best in Cleveland. Cleveland just became one of the best teams, and they were always the worst. And now Jacksonville and New York just have to feel like they take over for them at this point. I'm confused, but, you know... It's one of those things. So Jacksonville, or Las Vegas, don't don't start signing a truckload of linebackers because you think it's going to replace the hole that you left whenever you traded Khalil Mack. And Jets, don't try to justify trading Chris Turnin to the Vikings. I mean, I, what's the best you got out of him? A third? I mean, he's a tight end, but he's not that good of a tight end at all. Anyway, in other news, um, some things that are very significant, which I saved. Oh, um, there is one big thing. Philadelphia. I swear to all that is good in this world. Why are there still rumors about you going after Deshaun Watson? It's not that I hate Deshaun. He's a great quarterback. I love the dude. It's just you have Jalen Hurts. 
You just picked up Gardner Minshew as a backup option just in case Jalen goes down or needs to be benched. You have a viable tree of quarterbacks aside from Joe Flacco. Why are there so many dang rumors about the Eagles picking up Deshaun Deshaun Watson? They don't need him. Jalen Hurts needs a year or two more to develop. That's it. I don't care if Deshaun is fully developed and you could actually have a quarterback that's, you know, suffered. I mean, it's stupid to me. I don't understand what your brain is thinking. I know Jason Kelsey's going to retire in a couple years. He's getting to that age. Brandon Brooks is going to retire in a few years. He's getting there. Your offensive line is old, and I get that. And you want a quarterback that can that can still produce behind a terrible O-line, and that's why you looked at Deshaun. My question is, can't Jalen too? He was winning starts last season before Doug Peterson pulled the plug and said, you know what, we need the flop so we can have a good pick so we can get more stuff, which was a good thought. Doug, that was a good thought, but Jalen Hurts was popping off. I remember one of the last games of the season for the for Philadelphia. He was just a monster. He had already thrown for two touchdowns, rushed for one, and then Doug Peterson pulled him from the game, and rumor has it that he was pulled from the game because he was doing too good. So, yeah, Philadelphia, what is up? You've got yourself a good wide receiver. I think he's going to be better than Jalen Water will be. And another thing, Miami, why would you pass up on a guy that's like Devontae Parker, except thinner and faster, versus basically 2021's equivalent of Will Fuller? I mean, Jalen Waddle is Will Fuller. He's fast. He can catch it 90% of the time. He'll get you on those deep routes. He can cut. He can swerve. But he has injury problems. You basically just drafted Will Fuller. And you already have Will Fuller. So don't blame me whenever your entire wide receiver core goes down because your rookie gets injured and Will Fuller gets injured. And all you have is Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki that can catch the ball. Anyway, off my rant. I'm sorry, guys. I blacked out there for a second. Back to my boring crap. Tanner Matthew placed on COVID reserve. Kansas City, I know we have a very, very deep secondary with Dirty Dan and Juan Thornhill and Shavarius Ward and Legarius Sneed. But we just lost our team captain on defense. Tyran is out, and there is a slight chance, slight, that he will play week one. We don't have him against Cleveland, and Cleveland has a very fierce air raid offense behind Kevin Stefanski. What's your plan? We already had a broken secondary. I mean, Legarius Sneed is a bright lot, a bright eye, like a bright light in that defense. But Dan Sorensen is very much a blitzing safety. He is a Jamal Adams safety. He cannot play the ball in the air that well. That's Tyran's job. Horn Thornhill hasn't shown it yet. He hasn't gotten a chance. And Javarius Ward, good God, man, keep your hands to yourself. We do not need any more penalties. But, I mean, come on. 
Who's going to lead the secondary? Who's going to lead the defense? Derek Naughty? Chris Jones? Frank Clark, if he's even still playing? Who's going to step up and lead this defense? I can't think of anyone. Tyran was just too good. You can't replace a player like him. It's not easy. You cannot replace a dual threat safety. You cannot replace a blitzing safety that can also play lockdown zone coverage and main coverage. The man is a genius. You can't replace that. It's not that easy. You saw what happened. The Seahawks just tried to replace Cam Chancellor, who I know has been out of the NFL for a couple years before they brought in Jamal Adams, but they tried to replace the memory of Cam Chancellor with Jamal Adams, and guess how it turned out? Not good. Not in either player, not in either team's favor. What are we doing as a team? Tyran needs to be healthy for the entire season, or else Mahomes' prediction and his number one goal he wants to go after is null and void because we cannot do it without Tyran. And I'll bet you Patty, and I'll bet you Pat Mahomes would tell you that himself. He loves Tyran. Don't worry about the background. It's just a bunch of weird people laughing and doing crap. It's just like in Youngman, except not. Oh, nothing changes. Anyway, so next on the list, Malcolm Butler apparently has been placed on the retired list. Arizona, how does it feel to have a cornerback that has been so dominant and then fell off a cliff with Tennessee, and then you sign him, and he takes his $8 million guaranteed and says, mm, no, I'm done. How does that feel, Arizona? You're trying to replace Patrick Peterson. I get it. But Patrick Peterson is not that easy of a guy to replace, even with Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler had one good play in his entire career. That's all he's known for. He is known for one of the stupidest plays in NFL history. Intercepting the ball from the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. When they were on the two-yard line, it was second and goal. And they clearly should have ran it. This man, that's his entire story. That's pretty much the only thing Malcolm Butler is known for. You know who is known for everything that you, that is on the Patriots? You know who is a veteran that's on the Patriots that is known for so much more than Malcolm Butler, but no one talks about as much because Malcolm Butler had that play? Stephon Gilmore. Definitely. Heck, J.C. Jackson has a better body of work right now, and he's only 25, 27 maybe. Long story short, Malcolm Butler is only defined by that one play. I cannot think of a single other play that was pushed as much as that one. Other corners have numerous great plays. You know? Numerous. Patrick Peterson. Xavier Rhodes. Chris Harris. I mean, it's ridiculous. And Malcolm Butler has one. One that everyone remembers him for. And you give him $8 million guaranteed, and then he goes, I'm going to retire. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sorry, Arizona. 
your secondary is not going to get any better right now. Budabaker's your only hope right now. You should have gone for corner in the draft, either that or offensive line. Even though I will admit Rodney Hudson was a good pickup, but he's old. So, yeah. But Arizona, love what you're doing right now. Keep it up. That's the only beef I have with you. And New England. First you kept Brian Hoyer. Then there's rumors that Jared Stidham was no longer on the team. He got waived, apparently. And Cam Newton is released. So you have a rookie sitting behind one of the good, one of the top ten offensive lines in the league, no doubt, with a shattered but slowly being rebuilt receiving core. And Bill Belichick, how do you plan on going around this season? Because if you kept Jared Stidham, you cut Brian Hoyer. You cut Cam Newton. You're starting Mac Jones, which I love. Trust me, I love love Mac Jones. He's great. One of the best quarterbacks in the draft, definitely. That's why he was taken with the 15th overall pick. Or the 10th overall pick, my bad. No, 15th. Definitely 15th. But what's your end game? If Matt goes down, you have Jared Stidham. If you even still have Jared Stidham. A kid who was drafted in 2019 and what, the third round? And has shown a spark. Not sparks, a spark against the Chiefs. One touchdown pass. That's all he has. And then the rest is just. An interception, pretty much. He doesn't have a body of work to back up Mac Jones. He didn't have a body of work to back up Cam Newton. Cam, I would have at least kept and benched. I know he's expensive. But I feel like, yeah, no. Bill, I'm going to have to say you dropped the ball on this one. And it's hard for me to say because as much trash as people talk about the Patriots, I do have respect for Bill Belichick from where he came. I mean, he worked his way up so much. It's insane. And so many good coaches branched out from his organization. Like Nick Saban. I believe Rex Ryan did too. Um, I think Matt Patricia too. I think he also sprouted. I mean, some good co- coaches. <clears throat> have in fact sprouted from Bill Belichick. Some good players too. <coughs> Willie McGinnis, Tom Brady, uh, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. There are just so many good players. Uh, Aaron Hernandez was good before he got imprisoned and then shanked. But that is a touchy subject. But there are so many good players that were under Belichick. But this move, I feel like, is boneheaded, even for him. Sorry. Just seems like what a second-year coach would do, Urban Meyer. But, you know, I guess he's got a plan. I guess he trusts Mac Jones a lot. And honestly, if he sticks by his decision, I'm all for it. Because the man knows what he's doing. He's been in the NFL coaching since early 80s. I mean, he was... 
with the Browns, and then he was with the Giants, and then he was with the Jets, and then to the Patriots. I mean, the guy's been to four different teams and won Super Bowls in two. I mean, 50%, 50-50's not bad when you consider the ratio of what teams he went to. I'm So I'm not going to second-guess his decision here. I'm just going to say if it backfires, it was a boneheaded move. So I'm basically being like, hey, if it if it goes good, then I'm all for it. But if it doesn't, then I'm going to criticize you till the day I die. That's pretty much the stance I've got this. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and cut to commercial break because I know you guys love it and I know I love it too. But we're going to come back and talk about predictions, awards, and rookies. So stay tuned. We'll see you in a minute. And we are back from break. Brought to you by Anchor. Guys, I'm going to be real with you. Definitely the best way. I've looked at other stations. Definitely. I've looked at other platforms. It's just so weird that Anchor just has all this cool stuff. And it's so accessible and so easy to use. It's ridiculous. I didn't know crap about podcasts whenever I started this. But that's how easy it is. And now I'm one year in and doing pretty dang good. In my perspective, anyway, for a startup podcast, I'm doing pretty dang good. But it's easy. Editing's a cinch. I have become an editor with this app. It's insane. I can call myself the editor of the podcast episodes. It's crazy. You know, but it's just great. And I honestly love it. So thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring these episodes for a full year. Man, y'all are legends. But anyway... Back to the core of the episode, football. So we're going to start out with rookie predictions. And this is going to be a little bit biased and a little bit interesting. So let's start out with just offensive rookie of the year. Why not? And this is a toughie. There's so many offensive rookies that it could be. And then there's a lot that it can't be. Like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris. And the reason I say Najee Harris is not because he's injured. That's definitely not come out yet. But if it has, then I'm sorry I spoiled it. But as far as I know, Najee Harris is not injured. But what is injured is the Steelers' offensive line. They lost Alejandro Villanueva, Marquise Pouncey, and David DeCastro. So, yeah, three core offensive linemen right there. I'll bet Big Ben is wishing that they grabbed an offensive lineman this year. Instead of Najee. He's shown sparks though. I will say that. But it's not going to be him. There is Devontae Smith. But he definitely hasn't shown enough. And if Jalen Hurts. You know. But if Jalen Hurts can produce really well. I think he'll have a good shot. Kyle Pitts. He's not going to elevate anything. I'm sorry guys. But. I know he's young. And I know he's a tight end that can also play receiver when you need him to. He's a dual threat in that field. But, I mean, we all know who's going to get number one. The, who's the number one target for uh, Matt Ryan this year? It's 100% going to be Calvin Ridley. He's number one. Hayden Hurst is number two. And Kyle Pitts is number three. I mean, he's a rookie. He's not going to get that many looks. People are saying he's Offensive Rookie of the Year this season. I don't see it. I'm sorry, but I don't. 
in all honesty, Zach Wilson, I feel like, is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. BYU, he was great. He's going to a New York team that's pretty much stripped their receiver core down to Jamison Crowder's number one. So I don't think he's going to get on a list, on a short list, for Offensive Rookie of the Year anytime soon. Same goes for Trevor Lawrence. Um, he literally just has DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. Not on the short list either. Sorry. Unless Jaguars somehow come up 11-6 and six, or even 10-7, and seven, you know, or 9-8. and eight. If they get into the positives when it comes to wins, if they get more wins than losses this season, then heck yeah, I will be waving a Trevor Lawrence banner. But a quarterback does not complete a team. It doesn't. I mean, the only way a quarterback can complete a team is if the team is pretty much close to completion. Like, look, for example, Tampa Bay. Did they need Tom Brady? Not really, no. They could have taken any quarterback. Did they get Tom Brady? Yes, they did. And guess what happened? They were so complete on defense and so complete on offense that all they needed was a pro or better quarterback, pro level or better quarterback. They didn't even have to have Brady. They could have settled for someone else. Heck, Teddy Bridgewater probably could have flourished in Tampa Bay. But they chose Brady and Super Bowl. Boom. Do I think they would have gotten to a Super Bowl without Tom Brady? Maybe, maybe not. It's biased of me to think so, but still, I don't think they... I think they would... Mm, My brain's in limbo here. Part of me thinks they would, part of me thinks they wouldn't. Brady has this sort of leadership. So, I feel like they probably wouldn't have. But also, he was sitting behind one of the most... Pretty much the most complete offensive line in the league last year. Not in the NFC. The entire league. The Bucks had the best offensive line in the entire league, and no one can deny that. So do I think any other quarterback could have flourished with the Bucks? Probably. Definitely. Yeah. If they're proficient enough. Definitely. So anyway, uh, Trevor Lawrence is not on my short list. Definitely not. Um, some other players. Let's see. Well... Mac Jones, he actually could flourish. There's always a chance of that. Justin Fields could actually be on my short Justin Fields is on my short list, I'll say it. Because he is going into a system that is very much solid. They just need a quarterback under center that's competent and can move. Unlike Trubisky. Because he kind of lost that once he left North Carolina. So... Anyway, but they are very complete. Justin Fields has been getting a lot of reps. Andy Dalton may be the starter right now, but maybe in a few weeks once, you know, Justin Fields has sat through a few games, he may get pushed into starting, and he might have a great year like Justin Herbert did last season, you know, and he may edge it out. Mac Jones? Maybe. He's sitting behind a really nice offensive line with some weapons. You know, he's got Hunter Henry. And he's got, I believe they picked up, oh shoot, was it Delaney Walker? I don't think it was. But, you know, they picked up a couple tight ends. One is Hunter Henry, definitely, he's still good. Uh, they picked up, um, shoot, oh crap, I gotta go back and look at that at some point. But anyway, 
it's just one of those things. Mac Jones could flourish, definitely. There's no question about that. Oof. And, I mean, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, some of these guys are in the talking, are in the uh, conversation. I mean, they're on the short list, a few of them. Jalen Waddle isn't. Sorry, the guy's injury prone, unless he fixes that. Unless he avoids it. I mean, he's not on my short list for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Travis Etienne sure ain't. He's out for the season. So if he gets Offensive Rookie of the Year, the entire system of the NFL is a lie and we should all result to anarchy as fans. Um, shoot. Kadarius Tony's definitely not. I mean, he was a second-round receiver going in the first to the Giants. There's not much more explaining I need to do. He wasn't worth a first-round pick. And a lot of people agree with me. So, you know, New York, I don't know what you're doing, but you did something. Oh, so on my short list, I have Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Devontae Smith, and... You know, I'll put Kyle Trask up there, too. Because if one defender gets through that offensive line at Tampa Bay and Brady gets hit or sacked, he's down. I'm sorry. The dude's getting brittle. Dude's getting old. A couple good licks, and he's down for the count. I mean, he's going to be out for half the season. Does that mean that... Um, oh, crap. Blaine Gabbert takes over. No. Definitely not. He's shown flashes of goodness. But he's mostly terrible. And Kyle Trask has been impressing Bruce Arians and a lot of, you know, reporters and, you know, anchors. It's crazy. Kyle Trask is good. I loved watching him in Florida. Most people say all he did was loft the ball to Kyle Pitts every single play. Or, you know throw a screen pass to Kadarius Tony, which he might have, but if it won them games, then heck, don't tear down his pedestal. He's a good quarterback. He followed a system. You know who else is a good quarterback that followed the system? Jimmy G. And he actually made it to a Super Bowl because he followed Kyle Shanahan's system. Kyle Trask is almost the same way, except I feel like he's a bit more of an improviser than Jimmy G. But anyway... So Kyle Trask might be on my short list. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, that's an interesting one. People have Micah Parsons. I don't. I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, J.C. Horn definitely has a good chance. He's on my short list. J.C. Horn is on my short list. Sertan, probably not, in all honesty. I mean, he's good, but he's a second string. Behind Chris Harris, I think. Now... Probably not. Maybe I'm thinking Casey Hayward. But anyway, I don't feel like Patrick Sertan is on my short list at all. I mean, he's second fiddle to Justin Simmons. So, that tells you right there. Um, Good lord, there's not many defensive players I put on my short list. Joe Tryon, if he gets a chance, he was flourishing in preseason. And I know I always say preseason doesn't count. But with rookies, it's a good taste. And Joe Tryon, with that perfectly legal hit against the Bengals. I mean, how do you flop on the call with that one? I feel like he's going to be decent. 
if not good. So he's on my short list if he plays. If he plays, he's going to be on my short list along with J.C. Horn. And let me think of some other ones. Jason Owa. Now, he's going to a decently stacked linebacking core in Baltimore. I wouldn't put him on my short list. Um, you know, I'm going to say something bold. Gregory Rousseau is going to be on my short list. I mean, Buffalo's not a very... Doesn't have much depth at defensive end. So they addressed it with Greg Rousseau and Carlos Besham. So, I mean... He's on my short list. I feel like he's going to play halfway through the season. One of those defensive ends is either going to get injured or they're going to flop. And, you know, Greg and Carlos may actually get in. So, there's always a chance. So, for my offensive rookie of the year list, I've got Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Devontae Smith. And for my defensive rookie of the year, I have J.C. Horn, Joe Tryon, and Greg Rousseau. Of course, Joe Tryon and Greg Rousseau are only if they play. If not, I'll replace them with Patrick Sertan and uh, I guess Micah Parsons, too, because he might play. So that's my offensive rookies of the year. And now to the main awards. We got MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. And those are really the only four that I'm going to cover because this episode is super long. And also, I really can't think of any other awards that really matter. So, MVP. And people are going to hate me because I'm so dang biased. Oh, actually, no. I was going to just straight up say this is going to be Mahomes' second MVP of his of his entire career. I'm not going to say that. I believe Josh Allen and Russell Wilson have a good chance at a run at MVP. And I hate to say it, and this is going to sound blasphemous, Jameis Winston has a decent player, has a decent chance to make a run for Offensive Player of the Year. Probably not MVP. He'd be close. Um, yeah, and I know people have Rodgers and uh, Derrick Henry and some of these players uh, making a run for MVP. I just don't see it. I feel like the only realistic people... I mean, Derrick Henry might. I don't think so, but he might. But I feel like if there's a top three for me... Um, I'm not listing them in any order, but I've got Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, and Mahomes. I mean, that's just common sense, personally, for me. Lamar Jackson's been regressing, so unless he's been working on his uh, pass accuracy and training camp, which I don't think he has, he's not really going to be any help to Baltimore. They're going to have to put in RG3 if they want someone to throw the ball. And that's kind of hurtful to say some to some people. But you know what? Yeah. So let's move on with my amazing predictions, which I feel like might come true. Defensive player of the year. This is hard. There are a lot of good defensive players that this award could go to. Like TJ Watt got it last year. I'm going to be optimistic. And also very biased. Tyron Matthew. Defensive Player of the Year. Sorry. 
Other players in the running, Trey Day. Um, I'd probably say, yeah. So I got Tyran, Trey Day. Um, if he plays, if he's back on the field, uh, Stephon Gilmore will make a good run for it. He always does. Um, dang. Chris Jones might actually make a run for it, too. Aaron Donald always does. Uh, it doesn't matter when or how. Uh, TJ Watt will make another run for it, definitely. Um, I can't think of any others, but yeah, those are my mains. Yeah, you got Tyran. You got Trey Day. I mean, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer could. But Trey Day's the heart and soul of that secondary in Buffalo. Um, TJ... Chris Jones. Yeah, that's really the only ones I can think of. I mean, there's a lot of defensive players that are good, but not as many are as, are as dominant as those four. I mean, it's crazy. Offensive player of the year. Uh, Mahomes is in the running. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is in the running. Derrick Henry's in the running. Uh... D-Hop should always be in the running. Kyler Murray. Hmm. Sorry, guys. I'm yawning a little bit. Which is weird because I haven't taken my medication yet. Good night. Russell Wilson. Josh Allen. I'll put Lamar in here. I'll put Aaron in here. Alvin Kamara, definitely. And he's also in the MVP running. So yeah, those are my ten. Comeback player of the year. Uh, Jameis Winston, definitely. And Sam Darnold. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. If he does good in Houston. Which he might not. He might. Hmm. These are really good questions. If Cam would have stayed with New England, he might have been able to put up a decent, you know, a, a decent, uh, a decent fight for comeback player of the year. But now that he's gone and off a team, you know, if Andy Dalton doesn't screw up with Chicago and actually has a good year, sends him to the playoffs, maybe he gets comeback player of the year after flopping in Dallas last season. Honestly, there's a lot of people that deserve Comeback Player of the Year. Matthew Stafford, maybe, even. Like, he had, he's had so many down years in Detroit because it's Detroit. And now he's with Los Angeles. He's with the Rams, and he could actually have a good year. And if he does, I feel like he's deserving of Comeback Player of the Year. So that's my list. I know the second half of this episode was really, really boring for y'all. But hopefully the first half of the episode makes up for most of it. So, guys, we've made it to the end of my list for this episode. Let me just completely tell you, I mean, not completely, but I mean, let me just reiterate how much I hate the flipping Eagles. Like, seriously. Stop it. Don't go after Deshaun. You have a functioning starting quarterback with Jalen Hurts, and you have a good backup with Gardner Minshew. Stop it. Get some help.
But anyway, other than that, guys, I've got nothing else to tell y'all. So, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. It really helps. I know we haven't been getting as many listens on these last few episodes as we have on, you know, recent episodes in the last year. But guys, every every listen counts. I mean, honestly. I don't care if an episode gets 10 listens or an episode gets 100 listens or an episode gets 1,000 listens, which we don't have yet. But honestly, I just love making these. And the fact that I open up the app every single day and, at le- and see a play a day. I don't really care if it's a play a day or a play a week. I'm just happy. I'm just really happy to know that someone took the time to sit down and listen to this podcast. It means a lot. It means I'm I've got someone out there that listens to me and knows that it exists. So, anyway. <laughs>